0: They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur.
1: Welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff. and Today we have a doubly special episode (laughs) because we have uh, two ladies here, Hazel Geary, who is the right brain, and Rachel McFadden, who is the left brain of Drio. So welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) All right. So before we jump in, I don't know if, you know, Hazel or Rachel who wants to take this one, if you could give us just an overview of DRIO, and then I would love to know as you're talking about what you all do, how you two came to work together as a team on this, was it from the beginning or later on? So.
2: Yeah, I can start. So it's always been us from the beginning. So we started the business in 2011. We were um, in a similar place in life. Like many partnerships, this is very much like a marriage. Um, I always joke that I have a work wife and obviously a husband. Mm -hmm. And um, when we were in this similar place in life, uh, we both had two small children, but we were looking for our next career and we were looking for something that was fulfilling yet flexible and rachel had started dabbling in um blogging and so she was um learning she was self-teaching herself how to um develop a blog and so that sparked her interest in that and then i had always been in sales and marketing so when we thought about what we could do together she naturally said okay i think i can actually start to teach myself how to develop you know websites But I definitely need your expertise in sales and marketing to be that other puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. So that's how the idea started with Rachel dabbing into blogging and then um, us being in the same place at the same time, just both wanting a different career than what we were currently in, um, one that had more flexibility. And then alas came Drio. So we started it in 2011.
0: Awesome. And what's your, what's the focus? Like who is your, your clientele?
2: Yes, so we are focusing on website design and development for small to medium-sized businesses and purpose-led organizations. We also help with digital marketing strategies. We typically say that most of our clients come into the door through the website, but once we have um, worked with the client and established that relationship, that we typically then help them with other strategies. And so that's where the digital marketing strategies come in.
1: Okay, and I'm selfishly gonna ask this question because I'm very, very, very impressed with a 12-year partnership. I came out of a partnership just the beginning of this year so okay. I love how you guys have dis- divide like one's the right brain, one's the left brain. I think every business needs this. So has that been from the beginning or did you guys, you know, organically move into the lanes? And I know it sounded like Rachel, you were the, the doer and Hazel, you knew how to do the sales and marketing. So has it always been like, we understand these lanes or have there been bumps in this process where maybe somebody was overlapping the lanes and just kind of having to figure out how to run this business together?
3: I'll jump in um so when we started the left brain right brain thing wasn't you know a, our our current titles weren't in place but um that's not to say that we we weren't always doing what we we're doing because i was very much like the techie i had a background in engineering before starting you know doing websites and hazel doesn't didn't understand any of that stuff so that easily divides like what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely been some overlap over the years and kind of like from the, the big picture perspective, the business was initially, you know, something that I started as like the small passion and, and brought Hazel on. Um, but I kind of had to like take a step back over the last, you know, couple years and being like, okay, Hazel really like the one with the vision. And I'm definitely, as you said, the doer so it's organically worked out that way we tend to stay within our own lanes but there is sometimes that little overlap where i'm like okay well what do we think about doing this and i'm like hold on but hazel's like <laughs> hazel's got the big vision here so i let her lean that way
0: I
1: love that's it. awesome i know i'm so impressed
0: it is because it, it's hard it's hard to work oh. to, together just in general and then you couple that with you were friends before
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and we started out as friends. Exactly. Just, yeah. Just knew each other through mutual friends, and it's we're we're kind of just lucky and dumb luck. I mean, yeah.
2: honestly, like.
1: Well, but like, how have the conversations been? Because I feel like in this partnership, like Hazel, you called it out 100. percent You're married. Like you are married. Your finances are intertwined. Your life is intertwined. How have you guys been able to? You know, navigate those difficult conversations with each other because it's it's not all easy, right? Like hiring or whatever. Ha, do you guys have like this way of approaching it where, all right, we know this is going to be uncomfortable, but let's have it. Like it's I'm just always so interested in this whole perspective of 12 years is a long time.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I think um, it's a dynamic, right? And I think what is great about us is that we're not not the same, right? So it's like, you know, that positive and negative, you know, you can't have two positives or two negatives sometimes. And so we definitely see things from different perspectives. And I think that helps us come together when we Mm -hmm. are having, you know, lively discussions because we aren't coming from the same place. So Rachel's usually looking at it from the DRIO standpoint. And then I'm usually looking at it from the client standpoint. So sometimes Mm. I, I'm on a dual team, like I'm on team Drio, but I'm also on the team of the client because I always, you know, first and foremost, I always want to serve the client um, to the best of our ability. But I do think, um, you know, Aaron, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's not always easy, right? Like any relationship, you have to give it time. And I think you also have to be very honest. So Rachel and I are honest, like we never tend to let things like simmer for too long Mm -hmm. before addressing it. And I think that has been um, a big component is like the communication and we both really know how invested we both are in it. So we always know that the conversations always lie on, we always end the conversation with what's best for the business. You know, it's never personal, we're really good about not bringing that too much personal into it and that we're, able to uh see that really at the end of the day we both want the same thing it's just that we may be looking at it from a different lens.
1: Mm. I love that last question. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, and I will say that our we are friends.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah So I don't know that's good and bad, right? It's like so we're talking about business and then we're also like talking about our children and what we're doing on the weekends and like, you know, we're gonna get together and go to the same thing, whatever. Um it's worked. And honestly, when we're friends, like we're, if we're together in a friend mode, we don't even spend that much time together talking. <laughs> yeah. We're like in a group setting, it's like, Hazel, hi. Hi, Rachel. And then we're like, separate. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think we know boundaries. I think we've naturally learned boundaries, you know? And I think that's the success to anything in life, right? You can't be uh, working together and then hanging out all the time. So I think to Rachel's point, like we both, have, um, a lot of similar friends. So we do overlap with friends too, but we've always been able to, uh, use that to our advantage because it is nice uh, people know us as hazel and rachel outside of work but they also know us as the trio duo as you said it's been interesting to see also people really gravitate to one of us versus the other sometimes we have clients that are like i'm so left brain i think i'm going to get along with rachel more <laughs> or hazel i'm so much more right brain like i really value your perspective so it's funny how people naturally gravitate to one of us but they both but all you know again appreciate the fact that we see ourselves in this left brain right brain perspective because it really is um a good representation of who we are
0: i love it so i'm curious where the name came from what the history of the name is
2: Rachel, do you want me to, okay, I'll, I'll tell (laughs) you. So when, okay, well, that was actually one of the um, first things as most business owners, right? You're tackling like, what are we going to call ourselves? Like what we, what's in a name? And so one of the things that early on, one of the best decisions we ever made was, okay, we're not going to, you know, give ourselves a name. That's going to niche us into something, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to be like Drio website developers and whoops, two years later, we're not doing that anymore. So we decided early on that we were going to choose a name that could transcend, right? So that if this didn't work out, we could carry that name into something else. Mm -hmm. So the name originally started from the, the German word for three, which is Rachel, if I'm hopefully not dry, dry. <laughs> and so we put an o in it because we had three services like three main services ah. we were paying off of the fact that we had three main services and then we were giving like an homage to rachel's german um, ancestry and um it was either gonna be trio or trio so either way you know i feel like we kind of ended up where we should have but it has served us very well. And I often tell people that um, our name, there must be something in the name in the way it sounds because a lot of people will often say, I've heard of you guys. And Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, all (laughs) the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. But it has this familiarity that I think a lot of people gravitate towards it. And um, many people can often pronounce it pretty quickly as well.
0: I think too, if you had something that was uh, semi generic, let's just say, it wouldn't be as memorable. But because you say Drio, you're almost mm-hmm. drawn to wanting to understand what it means. And so I think I, I love that.
1: Yeah. Um, how have your services, like from where you started in the sweet spot of who you work with, I mean, I, I love talking to businesses who have been around for 12 years now, right? How How has that evolved in, in the business perspective from you had three main categories going in, and then from a perspective of what you offer today and, and the clients you serve, has that evolved?
2: Yeah. Rachel, you want me to take this one?
3: I'll, I'll jump in. Um, okay. So when we started, we kind of were just like, like let's kind of see what sticks, right? Like mm-hmm. I knew that um, we wanted to build websites. That was like the big core thing. And then from there, naturally linked up into like, Hosting websites, so building websites and hosting websites, and then the other piece was the digital marketing piece, and that really kind of expanded and contracted depending on like what we were doing, and it's certainly evolved. Um, we started off kind of offering like all of the email stuff involved with email, um, email marketing, and templates, and anything around email, and then social media. Um, design and then content, and um, we really decided that we want to stay in the lanes that we're more most comfortable in, and that's why today we call it digital marketing strategy because we can offer advice in those things, but we don't necessarily like shine in those. One of the other things was SEO as well, so mm-hmm. we are, we're we're. Over the years, it's kind of allowed us to narrow our focus more into what we, and into our bread and butter, and what is really interesting to us. And then the.
2: Type, but I think the one.
3: Oh, go ahead. Oh, go
1: ahead. No, oh, no, sorry.
2: no. Go ahead. I was going to say one question that that you asked too was, you know, did it who we serve yeah. has that changed? Oh yeah. And I do think um, we have stayed true to who it is that we wanted to serve because we started the business really with the idea of helping people stand out online businesses people brands that were local and we have stayed true to that most of our clients um where we're from it's the dmv it's like dc maryland virginia and that's Mm -hmm. like our region and most of our clients you know are out of that region and so it hasn't changed in that aspect i mean now we have clients that are all over the country but we do have a big concentration of them in the dc maryland virginia area And I think there's something to be said about that because our business has grown from referrals. So a lot of the clients that we have gained over the years are referrals from past clients, you know, colleagues that we've worked with. So it hasn't changed too much in that Mm -hmm. landscape that, you know, most of the businesses are local. Um, and have that local footprint in the communities that we live in. But we have expanded on like the bigger projects. Like most people, you know, when you first start, you're taking like any and all projects. (laughs) We've obviously started to realize to Rachel's point, like what we're really good at. So we started again, doing websites for anyone, but now we're really only doing websites for businesses that have been in business for at least five years. So we're usually working on iteration two or three of the website. Whereas in the beginning we were really working with a lot more startups and new businesses, so that landscape has definitely changed.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you have the opportunity to do Goldman Sachs. Did one of you apply, or how did that come together?
2: So someone, we, someone recommended it to yes, us. Yes, right. Someone recommended yeah. it. our next door neighbor actually. Rachel, point backwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's
3: so yeah. on The wall behind me. The guy. Yeah. The wall
2: behind us. Aaron Moore, actually, um, he was the one that um, recommended it. We had lunch with him and he just happened to mention that he had um, graduated and um, had we heard about this 10 KSB program and obviously it had us intrigued. So we were like, okay, tell us more. And um, yeah, so we applied and they were actually, um, the way it worked, I think it was like in the spring and we... It was the spring of 2020, actually, when we found out about it before the pandemic, though. So it was like, I guess it would have been like around January or February. I guess that's not the spring. That's like the winter. And I applied. I got in. And then I was scheduled to start in the fall of 2020. And then little did we know that the world was going to end. (laughs) And I was actually they ended up skipping the summer cohort. Mm -hmm. But they ended up having my cohort in the fall of 2020 virtually. So we were the first virtual cohort um, through the 10 KSB program in Baltimore. So that took a unique twist to it because, as you all may know, a lot of the cohorts meet in person, right, Mm -hmm. several times a week for those, you know, 12 weeks and um, we didn't have that opportunity. Obviously, we shifted everything online, but we had originally heard it from a 10TSB grad.
0: So did they let you, I mean, did you do it together or did you champion it, Hazel?
2: Yeah, so I ended up attending, Rachel and I did rocks, paper, scissors. I won.
1: (laughs) You got lucky. Yeah, I got lucky.
2: Well, we knew we couldn't send both. And so, yeah, we basically we we didn't really rock, paper, scissors, but we really talked about it. And Rachel (laughs) was like, you know, you I think you should be the one to go. And so I was like honored because I really wanted to go. But obviously, had Rachel really wanted to, I would have, you know, we would have had a discussion about it. But yes, um, I ended up applying for it. And then they only let one person go. So, yeah, I ended up going.
3: I I think it worked out in our benefit because... Especially being online, I'm one of those people that's less inclined to, like, have kind of side conversations with people and, like, you know, try to really connect. And Hazel's the connector of the two of us, for sure. And so, I mean, she has, like, gone above and beyond to meet some of these people in person over the last couple years. <laughs> and and they, like, they know, like, they know her, they love her. Like, it's great. We ran into one of the people in her cohort and
1: he goes, I don't really know anybody. (laughs) He's like, how do you know
3: all these people?
1: No, that's awesome. But so can you, like Rachel, if you, could you apply and go for the same business or do they lock it down where one person, one business goes?
0: So I literally just had this conversation with Josh yeah. because I want jo- I want Troy to go. And he said he could only go if he went under a different business. And oh. I was like, ooh. But I've also heard of a husband and wife tag teaming it. So I'm not <laughs> entirely sure. I mean, maybe that's a... Afternoon. Maybe they just did it shop. under the radar. It's like don't ask, don't tell. Like exactly yeah. one it's just sitting in the it, corner behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you make
1: the business name like the initials. Like you make it like Do or so. what does Dio yeah. Do do? Uh, it's not Drio, so don't ask or something. <laughs> What's
0: neat yeah? To, but, go ahead. but
2: Rachel has attended some 10KSB events. She came with me to the graduation in Baltimore a couple weeks ago. And so that was fun, but everyone knows Rachel. So, yeah. you know, when she walks in, they're like, oh, well, you know, they like love seeing her. And so there's been many events that, you know, Rachel has attended that a lot of other 10 KSB come, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like really fun to, to see that dynamic play out too.
0: Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's kind of, you, you get both of you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. even meeting you guys at WeBank, it was like, it just, it seemed seamless. It didn't seem like there was a differentiate. So anyways, um, Okay, so you're in the program, you're learning stuff. And what was like the biggest takeaway that you could then pass on to Rachel?
2: Oh, the financials mm. part, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so it's so funny, because Rachel being left brain, you would think that she likes like the money and all that stuff. No, <laughs> she doesn't. Like, she's the one that makes she makes me pay the bills. And I'm like, I cannot believe that this is the role that I'm in, in this <laughs> relationship and so both of us you know and we're we're very open about it like the financials that is not something we're comfortable with and i would say the why is because when we started the business it wasn't part of the process right we ran the business with like the idea like many business owners it's like first in first out once one project was done we just revved it up and we were working on the second we had our heads down we never planned our year on, like, uh, you know, with a number in mind, with a revenue goal in mind. We really ran it, the business for many years, at, really up until Goldman Sachs, with just the idea of like hustle and grit. Like, we were like, mm-hmm. okay, we are going to line up projects so that when the project ends, like, we can start a new one. Yeah. But that was really our mentality. We never ran, um, you know, any reports, any financial reports. And again, we ne- didn't plan the year starting with a revenue goal. And so that for us was the biggest aha, because you know after going through the 10KsV program, especially that financial statement, um, uh, you know, uh, how do you uh, lesson module? Lesson module. Thank module, you. I'm module, like, yes, three, module yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was eye opening because I also felt like with my people, because all of us were like, yes, we don't do this. Are we supposed to do this? Oh my goodness, like what are we supposed to be looking at? Mm-hmm. So really understanding the numbers has helped Rachel and I be more strategic about knowing where we make the most profit and being able to now run every month as, you know, as its own like quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Like we play the games of like every month we know what our monthly go- goals are. And if we're not hitting it, then we know we have to play catch up. So it's allowed us to um, look at the business from a more strategic lens, as opposed to just like the prey and put your head down and get stuff done <sighs> um, mode.
1: So from a services perspective, did it change the way you like look at margins and stuff too? And like utilization, did it help with that also?
2: It helped us realize where we were making our money, really. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we would have had that perspective before, um, especially because, again, we were just putting our heads down and working. And so at the end of the year, we would just be like, oh, wow, we actually made a lot of money, but we didn't really understand where those margins were coming from. And so, and naturally, too, as we grew the business, right, we started realizing, which is a scary idea for most business owners, actually having help and not doing the work yourself actually helps you make more money, right? Because you're so, (laughs) so anyway, so that concept kind of blew our, you know, our heads out of the water a little bit, too, is realizing like, oh, that actually is true. We've grown the team, too. We have contractors now that we um, use to flex when we have a lot of projects. Um, just depending on our workload and we find that it's when rachel and i are not as much in the project and we're more on the strategy side we're not the doers that we actually make more money and so that was another eye-opening lesson through that module and learning more about running the reports and seeing where um you know where the green was versus the red and i also think rachel and i from rachel's perspective rachel you could probably talk about um you know the perspective that you gained with you know, knowing how many hours we're spending on projects and really being able to bid more accurately on future projects.
3: Yeah, that's my, like, that's where I get in the weeds, right? Like anytime we're working on a bid for a project or um, an estimate for a client, I'm like, oh, this is easy. I just go back to our um, time reports and I like can scale it up or scale it down depending on the size of the project or the client's needs. Um, And although I don't love, doing the whole like financial stuff behind the scenes, I do really like push Hazel and myself and all of our team members to make sure that all of our time is, uh, is accounted for appropriately because then otherwise I'm like, we don't really know, you know, how long these things take us to do. So,
1: so important.
0: So when it comes to building a team, what was the transition for you? Like when did you guys decide, okay, we have to bring on, you know, another person or how many people do you have on staff now or contract?
2: Well, Rachel and I realized that when we were working a lot of hours and we were tired, we were like, <laughs> wow, this is a lot, you know? And so we quickly learned, uh, you know, we needed help. And so being a two woman team is hard. And while we love working our 40 plus hours, we don't want to be working nights and weekends anymore. We did that a long time ago. And so with family, you know, you have to have um, boundaries. So uh, we started hiring, I would say, pretty early on. I mean, we always had one or two people that we could uh, rely on. And as most business owners, that always started with family. I'm Hispanic. So like it, it kind of goes with uh, saying like, we're, you know, I hired my cousin my cousin was like one of our first hires. And then we ended up hiring um, another guy that was actually the brother-in-law of one of our really good business friends. So we went within our circle and we Mm -hmm. started hiring people that we already like know, liked and trusted. And those were really for us, like our two biggest first hires and they came again from, people that we already knew that were already part of our bubble and we realized really quickly too that we wanted to hire people that didn't have the same skill sets so that was also a big aha is you know trying to bring people on to the team that had different skill sets that could you know essentially help us um add more value to our projects and so uh that was a, a big thing too i think the other thing that we learned pretty early on uh was hiring fast I'm sorry. Hiring slow, firing fast. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, when you naturally start hiring people, you feel bad when things don't work out, you know, or you don't want to really talk to them if something, you know, feels like it's not right. And so I think that was one of our biggest lessons learned early on too, was because we were hiring people that we knew, right. It made it a little bit more personal. So we also had to learn pretty quickly that sometimes, you know, the opportunity just isn't right for either party. And so, you know, sometimes it's better just to walk away from it on good terms versus keeping things on. But Rachel, do you want to talk about our current team size?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, we flex, as Hazel said, based on um, projects. So we have a core team of about, uh, in addition to the two of us, so four people, and then we have like another four or five people that will flex on different projects. And what's really nice about that is, those people have been around for several years they've worked with us they know our process and you know usually it's just a quick phone call to say like hey we've got another project coming up we we could really use your help on this and they only i mean almost everybody that i can think of hazel will say oh i love working with you guys you guys are great so so it's really fun we work hard and we have fun too with them
1: Awesome. So what about growth? So I know you mentioned you, you know, referral base is a great source for you. What have you done to scale the business? You know, like you said, I don't want to work nights and weekends. There's the hiring part. There's the growth part. Mm -hmm. But what else is happening in your business that is helping to take away that we get, we sell a job, we have to do the work?
2: No. So that's been a big topic of conversation in our offices recently. So The last six months, we started thinking about the fact that naturally, as we started to work with bigger organizations, um, we started doing more custom website jobs. And with custom website jobs, they're great, but they're very large budgets and they are, you know, anywhere from four to five months. As Rachel and I started thinking about who it is that we like to serve, you know, we came back to the idea that we wanted to serve the people that we had originally started the business for, which was, were those small to medium-sized businesses. And what we know with them is that they don't necessarily need custom websites. They also don't necessarily need to be working on a website project for three to four months. So we really thought about how could we create a product specifically for them that we could scale? And so thus became this idea, this this birth of this idea called the four-week website. So we took time and money into consideration, which, you know, for us felt like uh, the biggest constraints for sometimes working with these smaller to medium-sized businesses. So we created this program called the four-week website and we just launched it. So we're really excited about finally having it out to the world. And the idea is exactly what it sounds like. We want to give our clients, uh, a website that reflects their brand values. Um, that is something that we can launch in four weeks and that we really want to help our clients, um, not just stand out online, but give them the website that really reflects, you know, who they are today, not who they were, you know, three to four to five years ago. So we know just like anything in life with technology, things change. And especially mm-hmm. with, um, businesses that have been in business for years, you start to narrow your um, approach, right, you know who it is that you want to serve as you um, are, you know, almost maturing in your business. And so Rachel and I have created this turnkey solution um, for these clients and the clients that we want to attract with this new four week website process is for socially conscious contractors, interior designers. Home service providers, architects, engineers, landscape artists, um, consultants, and creatives, and other ser- service-based businesses. It seems like kind of like a lot, but there is a reason why we're going after um, these particular groups, um, which is typically you find them in the building and construction sectors, mm-hmm. and that kind of goes back to Rachel's engineering past. Yeah. And Rachel, I could probably pass the baton to you now to kind of explain. Like, why are we starting off with this group first?
3: Yeah, so it's it's funny because things have come kind of full circle for me. In the last 12 years, I left um, a job working as a civil engineer in construction management. I had a lot of contacts in that world and um, have sort of been connect, reconnected with a bunch of them through, might I add, another of Hazel's cousins, not the same one, <laughs> <laughs> so he happens to be in the Maryland area, uh, working with a bunch of the transportation um, contractors and engineers. So has you know included us in some of the networking events that he has. But it kind of dawned on us that it's a place that I'm really comfortable in. You know, I have a lot of experience um, in understanding. The type of work that they do, the type of people that they hire, um, and kind of the overall like um, climate that they work in. And one of the pieces that really I feel like we can bring value to is that you know I left the engineering world for better or worse, because it's not like the best and most supportive for women, especially women who want to have families. So um, in any way that we can work with these companies that are either women-led or working to hire more diverse workforce, um, you know, be that women or other nationalities, I think is going to shed light on the the greater possibilities of diversity within the within that you know building sector around this country. So it's like a big there's a kind of big shoes to fill to be yeah. able to kind of like make a, a small and make it a big change with like a small thing like a website. But we feel like with this four week website we have the we we added in like the value based approach and that value based approach is really talking about what organizations are doing beyond just like, you know, their services mm-hmm. in order to accomplish their goals. And those goals will help set them apart from their competitors. And if there are small businesses that are, you know, working to make a difference in terms of diversity, I think, you know, we we really would like to be a part of that and really help them tell their
0: story. Well, and you have a, A unique perspective to help them tell their story because you were in the industry for that amount of time yeah Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: so we're
3: excited to see um where it takes us and hopefully we can you know make a big impact with like small budgets
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no it's huge okay all right should we do rapid fire we we shall okay so we do rapid fire here's what i say we do (laughs) hazel you're you go first rachel you go second for answering each question. That way we... Okay. We don't just...
0: uh, favorite beverage? Oh, currently cold brew coffees. I'm supposed to go. Yes.
3: <laughs>
1: yes. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Pilsners. Oh, oh, okay.
3: Yeah, that's a win. My German Pilsners. I'm, Makes do you a have lot a of sense. Big, do you have big... Mug. No, that's that's like that's um on the other eastern side of Germany. My
0: family is in the West. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, that's Bavaria. Uh, uh, best advice you've ever been given. That's something me.
2: <laughs> OK, well, I don't think this is advice, but this is one of my favorite quotes. And I feel like Rachel and I are often saying this. And um, I so it is the battle in Albright quote, which is, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. And I think that's always stood out to me because Rachel and I have both experienced really bad like women bosses in our past lives. And one thing that Rachel and I have always tried to be is very generous with our time, very, um, you know, lending a helping hand. And that kind of can segue into... Courtney, I think you may or may not know this, that we run a women's networking group in Baltimore.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Yes. And the idea was to create, cultivate a community yeah, that- You know
0: what? You know. Yeah, we talked yes. about it I at dinner. You,
2: yes, yes, I think you kind of remember this. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a, a group of over 350 women created in Baltimore. Yes, and we have been running this group since 2018. And the while the notion didn't start with that Madeline Albright quote, I it, it is a reminder though that- we can, if we help each other, we're stronger together. Absolutely. And that, um, for me has always had, wasn't obviously given to me by Madeline Albright, but I hear her loud and clear. And I understood very simply that again, when, and if you can make a difference within a community setting that 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 you can obviously make a difference and help support other women along the way, that that is obviously always a win. And so Rachel and I have been doing it since 2018. And I will say that our network of women in Baltimore, shout out to the Monument Women's Creative Alliance members. We are one of a kind. Um, We are creative thinkers from different sectors and the impact that we're making in Baltimore and regionally is amazing. So that, that, I guess, would be my... Answer to your question.
1: That's great. Yeah, Rachel, what's yours? Um,
3: mine is competition. There isn't any real true competition, and we can all it kind of piggybacks some hazels, but we can all really work together to support each other um, and you know grow together as opposed to worrying about who's on top.
0: It's it's so interesting yeah. because this last weekend, uh, you know, I have another business. We do the hats and jewelry. And there are people – there's a ton of people doing it. We just – we stepped in and we have our own saying. We call it getting lassoed. And last weekend, my uh, mother-in-law was in town. My daughter graduated from uh, kindergarten. And there was another – we went to a place to have lunch and there was another person doing permanent jewelry. And I always – trip myself up because I don't know initially what to say. I don't want to be like, oh, I have that business too. You know, I want it. So I, like we sat down and I text my business partner. I was like, oh my gosh, like there's another gal here doing it. And she texts me back, community over competition. So I, I got my daughter up. I said, come on, let's go get a bracelet. And we sat, she sat down and she got a bracelet done. And they were like, thank you for being so kind. We're so quick to mm. cut each other down. Or not show up, yeah. that we that we almost lose the opportunity to grow and learn. And I just I I love that um Madeline Albright, right? I love that quote because I think it's that's true. It's like you took so much energy to not be kind. Whereas yeah. you could have just shown up for someone else. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I digress. Um Dinner with anyone.
1: Who would you choose?
2: Oh, okay, mine's easy. Serena Williams and Courtney knows I'm <laughs> yeah. a tennis aficionado. So that is who I would want to, because I never got a chance to see her play. I should have gone uh, last year, but uh. that's who I would want to talk to. The other reason why, not only cause she's obviously the queen of tennis, but the second reason I want to talk to her is because, and I've shared this with Rachel, she started like her own, she has like a new business and basically she's doing like venture funding. And I mm-hmm. just want to hear more about that because she's trying to support other women. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. And I just think she's awesome. So that's who I would choose.
0: Yeah. I, I, I second that. I kind of love her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: She's about us.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel, who's yours? Okay. I'll go in the,
3: in the same similar sports um, side and, now I can't remember her name, Hazel, but
2: um, I know who you're going to say who the woman from Wolfpack. Yes. What's her um, name? Oh,
3: Abby, Abby Wambach. Wambach. Abby Wambach. I mean, she packs a punch in all the work that she's done for pay equity. Yeah. And um, reading her, her, her short little Wolfpack book is awesome. I love that book. Um, Yeah, I mean, it goes along with what we were just saying about community and, you know, um, support and all that kind of stuff. But um, I just am in awe of like the work that she has been able to do to help, you know, women with the pay equity thing. And that was a that was a real it's a real thing. It's something that I experienced as an engineer, like firsthand. So um, I would love to
0: sit down with her. I love that. Uh, okay. Your morning routine. And then I'm going to guess Rachel's because I, I I just want to guess for fun, but go ahead.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. I I can't wait to hear what you think Rachel's is. Okay. (laughs) My morning routine is so blab, but right now i'm currently in middle school yes you heard it right i wake up with my middle schooler (laughs) Uh, at like 5 45 in the morning yep yeah my morning routine is starting at 5 45 i only have one more week left of middle school so i'm really excited but uh, i actually have been sort of enjoying waking up early because i get him on the school bus and then i have about 45 minutes before anyone else wakes up so i find myself checking emails kind of getting a little bit ahead of the game Mm because i don't know about you ladies somehow I go to bed with like all of my emails, like good, ready to go. And then I wake up the next day to like 30 yeah. emails between, I don't even know how that happens in eight hours. So um, I am typically checking my emails and then I get my second set of kids out the door. And then I all have been starting out my mornings with a walk with my dog, which I feel like has been the best thing I ever added to my routine because it's a transition from like, oh, I just got everyone out the door to, okay, now I'm going to work. So I start to think about my day. I start to kind of start having these ideas start to generate about like what it is I have to work on. So that's my routine.
0: I, I love that. Um, there was some, I was going to, I lost my train of thought. doesn't matter. I'll come back to it. But, uh, Rachel, are you running every morning? No. Because like, you because she were training you my morning routine well, well, no when we were because when we were at WeBank, you were getting ready for a run and you were like mm-hmm. i am getting up i'm gonna run and i was like someone who is that dedicated they you uh, don't but, as- yeah. you don't just fall off of it you you taper back down right so until yeah. you ramp back up again so my guess was well be the when we running. were at WeBank,
3: i was um <laughs> getting ready for a run you're right and i ran one day In the rain, the weather was not the best. And I was like, I need to get my run in. (laughs) I ran four miles or something in the rain. And then I stopped at the grocery store (laughs) and then ran and bought a few things for breakfast while Hazel was asleep and then ran with my bags (laughs) back.
2: I mean that's like work wife right like yeah. I was like, oh thank you you brought me breakfast oh it's soaking
1: wet but I appreciate the that's awesome
3: but no I do not run in the morning that was a anomaly I am oh. not a morning person oh. I do not run in the morning <laughs> on a regular basis I sleep until about 7 30 when I really get mad at myself because not myself. It's my husband's alarm wakes me up. I don't need to wake up at seven thirty, so it drives me crazy. <laughs> I just want to sleep. It happened this morning, and then I make a smoothie and a tea, and I sometimes walk the dog and get my butt out the door. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And my husband deals with the kids.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. That's awesome. I need that. Or they deal with Actually, mine's else. pretty good. I don't
0: do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last thing. What's a guilty pleasure? Uh, Rachel knows this.
2: So, I my news sources are people.com, usmagazine.com, page six, and then the sun UK. That is literally my guilty
1: pleasure. I love that. Rachel, it's yours. I
3: can't even understand it. I'm like, you have people.com up? I don't even, who goes there? Who reads these things? Okay. I was just telling Hazel, I said, I am obsessed with um queer eye mm, and I um i was watching it the other night with my husband and uh, he was like um maybe do you want to watch something else and i was like no i can watch these guys on repeat all day with another a new yes. subject a new what do they call uh they have a word for like the people that they're
1: making over <laughs>
0: I don't
1: I know. Now I'm hero, think about a hero. A hero. Hero.
0: Okay. A new hero. Yeah. It's the screaming in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. In the preview that got me a couple of weeks ago. I was, I heard it like, like one of the guys shrieked, and I was like, what's that? And it was like the preview so, running yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Okay. All right. So, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, ladies, and learn more, where is the best place for them to go?
2: That's the easiest question. TrioDuo.com. <laughs> and uh, linkedin rachel and i are very active on linkedin mm-hmm. uh, so we can aaron probably can give you our yes we'll put them in the show profiles. notes mm-hmm. but yeah i would say linkedin and our website so we'd love to hear from you guys yeah okay awesome.
1: we'll include those in the show notes thank you guys so much for doing this today i really appreciate it
0: yeah so fun <laughs> thank you thank for you. having us yeah this was great thank, thank you,
2: you.